You ready to do this? I'm I'm ready, yeah. All right. Are we recording? We are recording. Oh boy. I don't need to explain to you the purpose of this podcast because you have been sitting in. Have you, you are been? are you our, our legit podcast producer? Have you been introducing yourself before each no, podcast? No, not a episode? single time. Not no. a single time. Have you said your name? No. I'm your host. See, that's why that? you're the producers, because you recognize the mistakes in our podcast. Are you gonna go back and do it all or are you just gonna keep it? I did not scrappy? plan to. I've been trying to keep this scrappy. Nice. Because if you think about it, we're in episode four, and we have spent a total, total time of an hour and 10 minutes on this. You, you, you. Oh, yeah, me. And I think that's kind of the point is to create something simply. That's Mm. the nature of content now is let's not put a ton of time and money into something when we can create it simply and get it out to the world. Yeah, I love it. Right? Isn't that what we always try to do for clients yeah give them a lot for little uh-huh yep and you didn't even this was this was all today like you didn't even this mention morning. this yesterday or anything this was no you I, just came in kind of started setting setting stuff up and i had something something was canceled i had yeah. a little bit of time free and now we have a podcast now we're in episode four it's awesome can you imagine if somebody a new host hosted a new podcast every day we could do That'd that be wild I mean, theoretically we can do that yeah we something. have the studio it's up to people to host like you. Yeah. Yeah. You want to host this one? No. Guest host. How exciting would that be? All this is recording. The guest, I know. The guest host can't host the host. Why not? It just doesn't work like that. You'll be you'll be a guest on the podcast that I host. Okay. You tomorrow. Know, it, no, you have no, this day tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I would love for it to be tomorrow. We'll find another day. Podcasts are great. Oh, we're going to do a time lapse tomorrow. Of that session? Yes. Nice. Yes. More content. So you want to get started? Yeah, sure. Uh. <laughs> As of right now, because we're doing these so fast, this is episode four. We still don't have a name for it. I like Inside Creativity. Ness wanted Unbranded, but it's taken. By a podcast? One. Yeah, it's already a podcast. Do you have a name for it? Do you have an idea for this? For the, no, because I, I had heard those two names, so I didn't think of it. You don't have any creative on the spot? Um, Creative on the spot. That's a cool name. Cots. <laughs> creative on the spot. All right. I yeah. Like it. Because uh, this is I on have, the spot. You I know? like on because I have been grabbing people from their desk and I drag them in here and just start talking to them. Yeah, that's the whole point. Of I don't want people planning answers or knowing even what they're coming into, because it's about creativity and I want reactive responses. What does someone really think? Yeah, not as not what did someone prepare for this? Right, and you as well. You're included. You didn't. Oh, really, I didn't you prepare anything. Prepared, yeah, no, I don't have anything yeah. prepared. I have no idea what's going on right now. No, yeah. I mean, the name we can bounce around names. You, are you asking everybody that? You should ask everybody that. I should. I didn't. Yeah. Um, but let's get this really going and so introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Uh I'm I'm my name's Jimmy Burt. I'm a copywriter and content producer at Digital Surgeons here in New Haven, Connecticut, and I am here. I'm episode 4. I don't know if I will end up being episode four, but here I am on the unnamed podcast as of now. I'm going to put you in a different spot now, just so it seems like you can't count. <laughs> or Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you heard the prompts you were in here. Creativity. I think you have a similar approach to creativity as I do. What is your view on creativity? What to you? What is creativity? Ooh, what is creativity? Look at you. <laughs> that is big and broad and vast. Uh, it is anything that can be made that did not exist prior to you making it or playing around with it. It's a conversation you've never had. It's an idea you've furthered or never thought before. It's taping a microphone to a a stand because you didn't have the screw. Like, don't talk poorly about my podcast. No, (laughs) no, it's, this is, hey, this is the great nature of it all. This whole thing, this whole room is a, a creative, uh, result. 
a result of creativity. I think, yeah, it's just something that hadn't existed prior to you giving a little bit of your, I mean, making something new or different that didn't exist prior and infusing a little bit of yourself into it. Okay, so you're where, saying- Where applicable. Right, so you're saying creativity as an action, right? Creativity- not um, so much as a noun, but the action of creating something that. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's how I. So you don't see creativity as a noun. Creativity as a thing um, versus something that you do. No, I don't. I don't necessarily think that. I just on the spot here. I, that was my <laughs> first. That was my first reaction. Every every episode is going to then will be titled something based off of what the person <laughs> called the show. That's good. That's yeah. very good. So on the spot, you're on the spot. Yeah. What uh, is creativity and where does it come from? Well, I just answered you. So where does it come from? I mean, not to be too absurd, but everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. It's not absurd. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, well, I think some people, some people will argue that, you know, they've got to either read a book, watch a movie or yeah. And those things can, you know, enhance one's creativity. But I, it's also like, I don't have to go watch six movies in order to like find creativity for a certain project or something you know what is your process i don't know i don't really have a, I have a process per se <laughs> this is awkward taking photos in the middle of the, the host is taking content, photos man. content i don't have a i don't have a process but i do i will find myself sometimes looking at things that are relative to whatever i'm uh, ever i'm working on and finding inspiration through that but usually i just if i am faced with a creative problem i will try to think back to a time in my life experiences that have had a some type of relevant situation that i could pull from or try to put myself in that situation so i could pull from that experience so experiences i'd say personal experiences more so than anything so yeah i would i would say when i my my type of creativity is much like you is more spo- spontaneous than um anything else. We'll go deeper into that. You say creativity, you leverage personal experiences. How does that actually come through in the work? So I let's say I say I need a a 30 second script. Yeah. How do you leverage personal experience to be creative to write it out? I just I think it's the way you leverage experience for anything else. It's like in that situation I think you leverage the experience of oh okay i've written a 30 second script before for like my dumb instagram i know how to do this i know how long it should be what it's gonna take what it's gonna look like but if you said you write a 30 second script about being a dog walker i don't know what being a dog walker is like because i've never worked as a dog walker but i can pull from my life experience of walking dogs or watching dog walkers in new york city so what about then when we write for female audiences? So yeah, we yeah. have beauty clients. Mm. So how do you tie back into your life well, as that, a woman yeah. if that never happened? Right. Where does that come from? Well, that comes from, well, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably a good thing if you pay attention to both sides. But nowadays with social media, you get to see how different people speak on social media, which not all the time, but is often what i'm writing for in the female voice and tone so to be able to see how women speak on social media helps if you pay attention to it but also just from having a mom if you're you know looking for an older crowd sister girlfriends friends the women we work with i mean i asked uh the other day i was writing something for women's beauty stuff i asked one of our women co-workers do women want their skin to be referred to as like a nice as like a shine 
like shine on like get your summer shine or whatever you know and she's like god no we don't want shine or shiny i knew shiny was bad but i didn't know if like shine then you're getting you're starting to break things apart but that's what you do you know you get because shiny is like greasy but to me shine was like oh you know glow yeah nice glow to it right but she was she shot it down but yeah so i the same same idea talk to girls women pull from social media follow them yeah yeah i think i i mean i've certainly done where we were writing for a a brand that was for moms specifically moms and my instinct was to take a certain approach and then i went a little further i did some research i was reading blogs i was reading message boards i was Mm. reading the comment sections of articles that seemed appealing to mothers and i had a new perspective from that and what i found was my initial gut reaction would have been considered potentially offensive or patronizing mm. to moms. Really? Yeah. And so just digging a little deeper, yeah, trying to understand them through the things they were discussing, complaining about, reading, it gave me a new perspective on what being a mom could be at a high level. Yeah. And that it turned out to be successful. So we had a female read it that and no one ever said it was a male writing it. And they were like, that's it. That's what it is to be a mom. Right. Yeah. It's interesting uh yeah i guess in my case i'd be well suited for that i could just always pull out you know the good housekeeping articles that are lying around all over the place but it's interesting i've thought about this a lot brands voice and tones because i think it's important and i think it's a real thing obviously but it doesn't take much to be like off and it doesn't take much to be like on you know there's not much of a difference it's a word here word there a little switch in like cadence and rhythm but it's if you just put the you know first draft or joe the senior in high school hey write this ad for this beauty brand if you put his line of copy next to yours it might not be that much different Mm -hmm. but like your your yours that's in the correct voice and tone just you know it feels entirely different yeah I, i think there's elements of it that are there's strict rules that demonstrate that voice so you might say they use contractions Mm -hmm. they use contractions because that demonstrates their persona but there are other times where i'd say yes you could look at it and you say that could be a lot of companies how is that unique to this brand i think what it comes down to is there is some arbiter of it there's some controller that is passionate about it and they're the ones who can look at and say yes or no because it's it's based off that passion and that defense of the brand and that's where it usually comes to light so like i worked on a disney project and they are so passionate and precise about these characters and what they do and what they would never do and that's where it comes to life. That's where it's unique in that in the human who's representing it. Not so much that here's a list of social examples. Here's how they might talk. Here's a, how they what they would say on a TV commercial because you can never actually work off of that. Yeah. You can never create that playbook. And so you just need people who are intensely passionate and who get it deep down in their gut and their heart. They know what this is and how they act. And so they live that brand or they live that character the best they can. Yeah. The human element of it is where it becomes unique mm-hmm. and special. Yeah, 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 totally agreed. But that's where it becomes unique and special. But I was just saying like on the surface, just looking at things, it's like a, mm-hmm. it really doesn't take much, but it can be a battle to like find that sweet spot. That's why we pay you the big bucks. That's that's why. <laughs> Yeah, because Tori said, oh, you you know, you have this voice down great for this beauty brand. And I'm like, I guess. But maybe it's just because I'm, you know, breezing through social media for 10 years now. And it's just like I come across all these things and it just kind of like seeps in you, out of you, all over the place. Like it's just in you. If you're writing every day, it just kind of it becomes an instinct. Yeah, in a lot of ways. There's conversations around creativity. I often point at process as the antithesis of creativity. 
And the reality is, is it's become such an instinct for me that I ignore the process. And I say, oh, I don't do that. Or I don't have those. This flows from me. And that's bullshit because I do take the approach and I do do the research and I take every little step and I have my rituals and I have my battles, but there is so much instinct after all yeah. these years that yeah. I just focus on the results and say, yeah, that was easy. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to say it's easy. Yeah. And also like, I, I don't know. You don't want to go like, oh yeah, I did this and this and this to get to this. And it's like some, some of like the outcomes of creativity are, are small in nature, whether it's a short podcast or a short video or a short piece of writing or design. I wouldn't call this podcast small. No, I, I wouldn't either. But like, it's cool that you're gonna be able to say, oh, we did this in one day. But in reality, you're going to go back and you're going to edit this and it's going to take you a lot longer. It's going to take a lot of mental, you know, space, but it's going to be way cooler for you to right. be like, yeah, we did that in one yeah. day. Yeah. James, let me ask you a question about because I I was in here during Anessa's episode. Yeah. And taking pictures of our shoes. Yeah, it was a good photo. Yeah. Um, I was confused when you were <laughs> down on the floor, but then I saw the photo and it did look nice. I knew you'd be confused. But she said something along the lines of constraints help creativity. And then I think she tossed an obviously at the end of that, which is like, hey, obviously. <laughs> I don't know, Anessa. I was going to ask you, do you, are you a fan of having constraints? Yeah, well, I do think constraints help creativity because it does give you a space to play in. Yes, I, I, I agree too. I, I think it does. Because certain... if you just say, hey, James, go make me a video for this client. Camelback, one of our clients. Mm -hmm. James, we need a three-minute sizzle video. Go. The likelihood that I'm going to create something that actually solves their business problems, that elevates their brand, that makes their team excited, is pretty, it's minimal. If they give me constraints and they say, here's a budget, we want it to be around packs, not bottles. It needs to be shot in an office, not on a trail. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe I wasn't specific enough because you're, you're thinking of this just through the marketing and advertising lens. I mean, creativity as a, like, do you think constraint? Because like, think of an artist, right? A musical artist. If they're not signed to a record label that's demanding three albums in nine years or whatever, they're going to make the music whenever they're in that little space and time. It might be two weeks after taking six years off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you think the that creativity is heightened? Like when you're kind of free to just be inspired at a moment's notice, just to all of a sudden you go on this like month long binge of creating, or do you think like having constraints elevates creativity regardless? For me, I feel like it's totally about constraints. I, I give myself constraints, meaning I don't do the work until the last minute. Yeah. yeah. Cause then that's when the adrenaline starts pumping. That's when I can get the work done outside of work. If we're going away from marketing, writing exercises that I've given to myself, you know, things that you never read. I, <laughs> I will give myself like, I will write this by, this day and then i have to execute that yeah and so if i if it's a time constraint that does get me going in college i never wrote a paper with advance notice i would wait i would write a 25 page paper the night before it was due because that was when right. that gets my creative juices going. yeah but you also wrote about whatever you wanted <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so i was more creative <laughs> yeah fake fake references yeah yeah no, yeah, it's interesting because I, I just wonder like, mm, yeah, maybe, yeah, you're forced to be creative in that time period, but maybe the output isn't as great as it would be if you say had no timeline on it, but then maybe it never gets done. I think it's an in by the individual. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an individual thing too. I just, and I also think it's, it depends on the individual, whether like time constraints or I guess setting or context constraints. Setting, certainly. Yeah. If you stick me... Like, I can't work in my living room. Yeah. 
there's too many distractions. Right. And the distractions will take me away from trying to focus on being creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't watch TV, really. That's why I'm such a bad TV viewer. It's because I will get up and just wander off. And then I'll come back half an hour later and go, this makes no sense. And it's because I missed everything. I I have adult ADD. Yeah. Adult A-A- ADD. Yeah. Yeah. A-A-D-D. That's, adult ADD <laughs> is when you were not diagnosed with ADD as a kid, but then you're so, so disjointed and fragmented as an adult that it's adult ADD. It's not legitimate. It's just that you are a mess as a human being. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what is What is this podcast become? <laughs> God. Who knows? Nice. Here's something interesting about you. You don't come from creative schooling. You don't come from a a creative your previous job was not in a creative, mm. you know, realm or atmosphere. You made a leap based off of a passion that developed within you. Walk us through that. Yeah. Well, that was largely because I didn't really, I didn't I never knew anybody growing up or anybody who worked in advertising or marketing really. I mean, I'm sure I did, but I didn't their titles didn't give off any sense of wonder for me but yeah i was in new york for a year and i just i would i'd always been doing weird little creative things on my own and i just didn't i was working a job that just didn't make sense for me just like wasn't it wasn't going anywhere if it had been going somewhere i don't know what would have happened really like but it wasn't going anywhere so it forced me to very very shortly after i just started looking for jobs pretty much and I met with uh, my old Spanish substitute teacher from high school. I fired him an email because <laughs> I saw he was a creative director at a place in New York. I had known he was a designer. And so I saw he was a creative director. I said, you know, I had started like messing around on my laptop on some crappy design thing. It wasn't. And so I met with him for lunch and he just basically ran me through advertising all the different jobs and titles. Jeff, Jeff Ortegon is his name and senor ortegon yeah and so afterward i was like well copywriting sounds that that sounds like right up my alley i didn't he was like yeah you know like copywriting i thought he was talking about the legal mm-hmm. you know r-i-g-h-t i just see that just goes to show i didn't watch mad men like i i knew nothing about advertising and so then you know you know when you see like a ferrari in the streets of connecticut and you're like oh never seen a ferrari around here and you see like three more the next week you notice something once it just seems to keep reappearing i don't know what that phenomenon is called but there's got to be something called for it um name name it so then i realized oh my brother's good buddy from high school is a copywriter my sister's good friend from high school is a copywriter so i met with uh my sister's friend in new york and he was like you got to read hey whipple squeeze this so i read that and then I, I don't know if I read a couple of books that who's the author of Hey Whipple Squeeze This? Luke Sullivan. Yeah. It, I don't know if they were books that he recommended at the end or if my brother's friend recommended I read. But it, regardless, I just ended up reading a bunch of books. and I was like, you know, this this sounds like my thing. So then I just started putting together a, a crappy spec portfolio. My brother's buddy who was, at, who was in Boston, he kind of worked at, with me as my mentor throughout it, giving me feedback. Uh, that like my, I remember my, the first drafts I sent him were so bad. <laughs> I thought they were so good. That must be the one you sent me. No, no, no. No, they were worse. Um, <laughs> I actually had some, I had a couple good ads in that spec portfolio. <laughs> there, was a, there was some dope stuff in there. What was one of the good ones? The poem from Movember is really good. I don't remember, to be honest with you. I'll leave that in there, probably. Yeah. But then, yeah, so that's how I got into it. Do you think there was a moment where 
you recognized that you had to go down a creative path or that you would just be unhappy? Because I can actually look back and I remember a moment. I'm sure it was building in me for a long time, but I remember the exact moment and where I was, where I dropped everything and went and I just went hard toward mm. creativity. Uh, I don't know, but there was a time last, not last year. I'm getting my years mixed up now. Um, Two years ago after I was in New York and it was either right before I left New York or shortly after I left. And one of my friends pulled me aside. He was like, he's a Swedish friend. He was visiting New York. Yeah, it was before I left. And he was like, hey, whatever you do, like you, you're going to be the one that like goes for it. Like, just go for it. And I was like, I'm not really going for it. Like, I'm trying to get into marketing and advertising. And he's like, yeah, but you know what I mean? Not a, nobody else is doing that. And to that, to me, that was like kind of maybe I hadn't realized it, but it was it was manifesting itself. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this, like whether I consciously was aware of it, it, it just was pulling me. Like if I think if I opened up a, a blue collar business or uh, a blue collar, white collar, whatever, I would make it creative in my own weird way. Like if I was a lawyer, like maybe I'd be, I don't know, wearing weird ties to serious meetings. Like I'd do something stupid, but um, it's the get hurt, get burnt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there it is. We're gonna open that up. We just gotta get a law degree. <laughs> but yeah, I think deep down, yeah, I was like, I was doing too many weird, weird things for fun mm -hmm. on the side to like, say, like I gotta, I, I need to go pursue this. Yeah, mine came down to freaking out about having real jobs where you like tucked your shirt in. Yeah. So I had a full time job in college, freaked out, quit, moved to Europe, didn't figure anything out, you know, regarding career except I liked drinking and writing. Came back immediately, went into the interview process got offered a job corporate communications for sprint and I freaked out when i got that offer put everything in the back of my car and drove to new york city and turned out of the job but with a phone call as i was on my way up 95 to new york city because i just couldn't imagine myself sitting in a cubicle writing corporate type language day in and day out and not doing something truly creative well yeah because i don't know i just if you know fast forward 10 15 years and if i was doing if i was doing something that i truly did not want to do then like what is that there's no there's really no excuse for that in my situation i remember when i was waiting at on tables on martha's vineyard my second summer one of the bartenders pulled me aside his name was lee he was like a 32 year old guy he had like three degrees super smart he pulled me aside he's like jimmy listen you go to college, you're going to graduate. You live in America. Do not fall for the, the trap. You, you know how lucky you are? You can go anywhere. You can go go experience things. And I'm not free enough of a spirit or just like not enough of a true badass to just drop things and just go check it out for, you know, split time, half a year in Colorado, half a year, wherever. I wish I was in some respects, but I still remember that conversation for a reason because it was like, he's right like i have no excuse if i don't end up with a job that like i think i'm gonna be good at and enjoy very lucky what what do i have to say like i don't need to i don't need to go into this x job for any like reason mm -hmm. who am i pleasing like this is it's up it's for me right i just think i don't know there's a it's a weird societal pressure that's inevitable and you know everybody feels it in one way or another I think. So where do you actually but, find fulfillment in creativity? So how does creative work and the the actual stuff we do day in and day out, how does that fulfill you? Where where do you find happiness in that? Because one thing we've talked about in past episodes was the idea of selling out, the idea of doing something for someone else. So you're being creative with constraints because you're doing it for a brand and you're solving their problem. 
and you're doing it the way they want you to solve it. So how do you actually find your creative fulfillment inside that? Yeah, that that that's like a tug of war. Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it's like, uh, I think this should go a totally different way, but you have to listen to them, which is ultimately, I think, the biggest dilemma in if you were to ask every creative in advertising marketing if they could make the same amount of money being an artist, I think they would say 100% yes, sign me up because then it's your vision every single time. So I think when you're, you're able to infuse a little bit of yourself, your personality, your vision into the work, that's that's fulfilling for me. But just finishing things, like doing things and finishing them is really cool. Being able to see them live somewhere is awesome. That's why like people who are you know builders and in construction they'll say that like Mm. you work one day the next day you come and you can see the progress yeah it's totally different but seeing an ad somewhere is cool being able to point and say i did that or i worked on that like that's that's fulfilling um and i think there's an element of like this type of thing you're shooting video you're you have doing photography we have multiple podcasts in production and then we do these and we put ourselves in and we create something and then that bleeds into the world of marketing advertising where now clients are paying us to do this very thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we do it at a much grander scale. Right. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's part of the beauty of working here at Digital Surgeons, Space at District, kind of being being able to be scrappy internally so we can experiment, play around and get good at things, really. Yeah. I have one more question running out of time. I want to get you back to work. You as a creative, you have a certain style. You have an approach to your work. You have a vision on what is right or what is good or what is creative. But now you're inside a realm, a group, a community of other creatives. How do you enter that? How do you exist in it? How do you view other creatives and other forms of creativity? How do you mean? One of the foundations for these conversations was the recognition that creativity is different person to person and we have to find ways to work together to be creative as a whole and so if someone has a different approach to creativity if they view creativity differently there's a fundamental disconnect when you're both trying to be creative from your own point of view yeah uh, yeah so you come into this and you're you didn't have industry experience you did not go to a an ad school or anything like that and then you're tossed in with designers with strategists with account folk with and you thrived what was your approach to working with other forms of creatives i don't know that's a tough one i mean it'll be interesting to see or to hear what the other people you've interviewed have said about this because or about like what they their creative processes are and how they view creativity because when you do a project i i mean or at least me i never go hey what's your take on creativity what's creative for you i don't i never started a project with that um see that's that's actually one of the reasons i wanted to do this was because that recognition that people on our team their definition of creativity is different than mine right the way i approach it you happen to come at things the same way i do and i'll say let's get out of the office let's go grab a drink let's talk about it someone else might want a clear path a step-by-step they want to they that's their approach to create they like to to create buckets they like to have a strategy Whereas I like to go with my gut. I like to understand it enough that I just feel I know it is right. Yeah, I I agree. I'd I'd much rather have a conversation about. It. Honestly, I'm I come from a camp that's I think my point of view is try to marry similar creative styles together mm-hmm. uh, because I think it just becomes a little bit too weird slash 
it'll naturally become an individual effort. Like say if you're working with another creative on a project and they have a totally different style, you're going to end up working separately and then coming together. It's like a school project. Yeah. One person ends up doing all the work because you never figured out how to communicate. Maybe not necessarily doing all the work, but you're both going to do probably the same amount of work separately separately and have less fun right but i think it's hard to collaborate with somebody who's got a totally different style because their needs are, are just different it's like their their starting points might timeline wise start later than yours before yours i i guess just i try to talk to people yeah that's that's all as aaron lemay says it all starts with a conversation it does uh, yeah i think creating things is uh, it's the best feeling ever it's a drug it is it's especially i think especially some of the stuff we're doing right now the audio visual things are really fun but yeah working with other people's a great time don't get me wrong just talk through it with each other that's that's my best that's my best piece of advice and wear a smile wear a smile Uh, wear a smile on your face wear a smile all right put that decal on your truck (laughs) (laughs) uh that's it get back to work thanks for uh for joining me jimmy burt you're welcome james out on the spot Episode four. There you go. (laughs) Bye-bye.